Listen to WGN Radio's newest podcast, Behind the Badge, Illinois, hosted by David Hochberg. Behind the Badge, Illinois, views current events through the eyes of Illinois law enforcement leaders. Tune in. Visit WGNRadio.com slash Behind the Badge. So enjoy me while you can. Because in February, I don't know if you heard this or not, uh, I'm going to be taking over for Tom Skilling. Oh, oh <laughs> nice. Okay. Uh, I think because, you know, people say we look uh, similar, I don't think most people will even notice he's gone. <laughs> I well, show there's up. a lot of people who say you look like Billy Joel. Too. I was going to say, is Billy Joel taking over the Sunday show? I, <laughs> well, it's a natural progression. Yeah, I, I like so. that. Right. Yeah. Billy Joel Sunday morning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just uh, I take over the weather, uh, and uh, I, I can do the weather. Of course, you can. You're a Look out the window. veteran, yeah, yes, and yeah, a pro. Well, hey, it's raining outside. It's raining out. It's partly cloudy. We'll see the sun. Can I tell you how miserable I've been all weekend? By the way, because of the rain, I oh. am so oh, affected. Awful. I am dreary. so affected by dreary yeah. weather. Oh yeah. Me too. And then, you know, you have to go outside, and it's the bald guy's nemesis, the raindrops. Falling, so raindrops falling keep on falling my, on my head is not your favorite song. Raindrops man. keep drilling into my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I uh, wear the Zsa, Zsa Gabor wigs. Well, there's that. Weather. There's a hat. You, there's an umbrella. Yeah. Um, I can see you doing the I weather. Go, it would be like P.J. Hoff again, dr- yeah. drawing the... Um, P.J. Hoff. Drawing on the board, you know. Andy, do you even know who Pete I do not know. <laughs> that one went right over my head. Yeah, find somebody 90 years old and they can explain who PJ Hoff is. <laughs> well, you know him. Well, I'm 90 years old. <laughs> he was before Harry Volkman, wasn't he? Yes, he was. Uncle Dino was Harry Volkman. <laughs> now, Harry Volkman, I remember. PJ Hoff was. Maybe one of the first Chicago TV weatherman. Yes, on uh, Channel Two. On Channel Two, and his big deal was is he had like a magic marker, and he would draw you know clouds with faces uh, okay. and things like that. That's what I'll do. Or what I really what I would like to do is bring back uh, what Tom Skilling used to do: have a puppet. Oh, <laughs> Tom used to when he did the weather in Milwaukee. He had like Albert the. Uh, the puppet I, I don't even know what a helper was but he would do the weather with a puppet and that's that's what i would do and then people can say well blame the puppet for the forecast it wasn't mine that's what that's the deal there i hope we have him on before he does retire though i on, on our show this morning i wanted to well he's not going to be on today but i uh, talked to him the day that uh, he announced his retirement and invited him and he's he's taken off for he's on vacation. <laughs> he's in Hawaii right now. <laughs> so he goes, I can, he said I can I, I hey Dean I can call you from Hawaii. <laughs> See I've got the voice down. I can do it. I'm telling you, no one would even know the difference. <laughs> uh, hey Micah. Hey Ray. <laughs> Happy Sunday. I can do it. Just drop in some isobars here and there, you yeah. know. Here's a picture sent in to us from a Dave Schwan. <laughs> it's a cloud. <laughs> um, anyway, I invited him, and he told me, he, he said I, I, we could do it from Hawaii. I said, just let's just wait until yeah. we'll do something later on. There's a five-hour time difference. Yeah. I don't want to bother him. Right. He's busy uh, on the beach, or who knows, you know, I don't know. What does a Tom Skilling do when he's in Hawaii? That's a good question. Yeah. I imagine well, then him, that's a question we'll ask him when he uh, it does come on. I imagine him setting up computers in his hotel room <laughs> so he can keep an eye on the weather. What's he going to do without forecasting? And he calls, he calls down to the desk and said, hey, can I put out a satellite dish hey, out front there hey, in the window? I want to tell all the other hotel residents, <laughs> it's going to be cloudy today. I've got the Taylor Swift fever. Like the rest of America. Your new movie out this week. Twenty was dancing. We were talking yes, about. He Taylor. was. Dance, we're talking about Taylor Swift in the newsroom today, where Twenty learned the term Tay Tay. <laughs> he was dancing this morning. I thought they were talking about potatoes. <laughs> Tay Tays, you yep. know. Yeah. Like short for tater tots. Right. Yep. Right. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. 
the Taylor Swift, the, the Eras Tour movie uh, has opened. It will make $93 million this weekend. <laughs> Man, isn't that unbelievable? Because uh, as Andy pointed out in our conversation in yes. the newsroom, uh, she hasn't made enough money already no. this year. What was it, like $4 billion or something like um, that on the uh, concert tour? The concert tour. Yeah. Are you at all, is she at all on your radar, Juani? Because I feel like she would be. Well, yeah. Her, her music is mainstream. Yeah. It's pleasant. It's... No, it is. You're, what you just said, it's all of the above. Yeah. You know, yes, I do like it. As a matter of fact... And you uh, like to shake it up, I know, also. <laughs> yes, he does. And, well, when I was in Virginia a couple of weeks ago with Gilda, we were going to go see it, but it wasn't out yet. You right. Know, so... We weren't able to go together, but right. the movie uh, has to be out before you. Can yeah, see. we. Yeah, I know that. Yeah. Unless you're a movie critic. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, right. And every time I ask him if he's seen a movie that is about to play, it's, oh yeah, yeah, oh, I've yeah, seen that yeah. already. I've seen it already. <laughs> yeah. It's the only reason I took I, this yeah, job. I know. Uh, <laughs> and usually you yeah. don't have to pay. I I know Steven Spielberg. I I, I know. Uh, <laughs> Martin Scorsese's. So. I try not to no, name I drop get, too I much. Get the, I get the tickets. By it. the way, do you know who I'm going to interview tomorrow for real? Martin Scorsese. Uh, Martin Scorsese. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> that's who I hang out with. That's who, I, that's who I hang with. I'm ready to see this new movie, too. The Taylor Swift movie? That one. And, the Eras Tour? And the um, the uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. And, uh, that's the new Martin Scorsese movie. Yes. With Leonardo it's DiCaprio. It's Scorsese, not Sacy. No, I said. Uh, I Martin, know. Okay, I'm, I'm correcting myself here. Yep. So Martin Scorsese. Okay, no. uh, I'm going to tell him that you mispronounced his name. <laughs> like he's going to know, then he's going to come looking for. How about me. this one? I'm, it's going to be a Zoom chat because you know he's not. He's what 85 or something. He's not doing a lot of in person stuff anymore. Uh, but maybe we can hook up a conference call while I'm on with them, and you, you can join. <laughs> You can join the conversation and ask him who, what's his favorite Andy Griffith show episode. <laughs> you know, he just might have one. Do you know, I woke Why up, don't you ask him? I woke, <laughs> I woke up at like 3.30 this morning for some reason, wide awake, <laughs> put the TV on, what's on? Andy Griffith with the Darlings. Oh, your favorite. Oh, I love the Darlings. Your favorite. <laughs> the, Was it the one where he kidnapped Aunt B? No, no, oh. no, no. This, this, the Darlins uh, are this sort of backwoods family. The the girl, the only girl in the family, was madly in love with Andy Griffith, and this is the one where she wanted a divorce from her backwoods husband, and she wanted to marry Andy instead. So they had to come up with like a superstitious thing where uh, Barney Fife. Oh, yes. Rode a white horse. Right. East to west. East to west. To break the curse. To break the right. To break whatever it was. Yep. But I was laughing my head off. <laughs> and I was, especially at the end of the episode, though, they resolve everything. And Andy goes, let's play a song, Mr. Darlow. Let's play a song. Uh, boil that cabbage down. <laughs> and then Darlene, the girl in the family, goes, oh, Pa. Don't play that song. It makes Make, me cry. makes me cry. <laughs> Did they do keep your money in your shoe and it won't get wet? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> Stupid. They didn't do that one? They did not. I didn't see it. Oh, <laughs> maybe I dosed off. <laughs> but I did get plenty of boil that cap down, complete with Darlene dancing with Barty Fife. And plenty of uh, jug playing ooh, by ooh, 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 Briscoe ooh. Darlin. Oh, that's funny. That is funny stuff. If you don't know your Andy Griffith, I'm telling you, study up on it. Sure. These episodes are so hilarious. You're going to be betrothed. <laughs> How can we possibly work that into our tree time show, which is coming up? Um, maybe we can write a little uh, play. That a sounds, little skit. That sounds like a lot of work. <laughs> Too much. That would be fun. To write a skit? Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I don't think so. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work. What other show offers this on-the-air planning? I would love a jug band concert. 
Well, okay, there you go. La we can darlings. do that. <laughs> Three-part harmony. Yeah. You, me, and Elton. Where do we get the jugs, if you'll excuse the expression? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going home now. I'm going home. Words never said on WCN, people. <laughs> Where can I find All some, right, nice, I'm done. some nice jugs to uh, uh, play? <laughs> the job. <laughs> Is there a store Jugs R Us? Something like that. <laughs> well, we might be able to come up with it's not something, something that you find at a, like a regular store. No. Is there a dollar jug store I can go to? <laughs> no. Let me think about this. Yeah. Let that, me think about this. That would be nice. Speaking of, by the way, our <laughs> if we're if we're still working here, then the big tree time show is <laughs> the next five minutes. Yeah, we, we may the, it may be the Billy Joel uh, show out, out of tree time, <laughs> but we uh, we've got our big annual show out of tree time in Lake Barrington on November the 5th, which is just three weeks from today. And uh, sadly, Andy will not be joining us as usual. Because he's with his new best friends. Now he's with his new best friends, Hamp and OB. I know. And, uh, you know, the uh, Shawnee will be there. I'll be there. Uh, Elton Jim, Toronto, is always a hoot. Uh, and, And we'll be there and... We'll have uh, we've got all kinds of fun planned. We've got lots. We're in the midst of confirming some uh, great entertainment uh, for you. And you know, I said I wanted to. Uh, now that I'm uh, ordained to uh, officiate weddings, uh, we're going to do some uh, uh, wedding slash vow renewals. Nice. Oh, there. that'll be nice. The, yeah. The theme of the show is going to be weddings. So you know, we're going to have. Uh, as much wedding decorations, traditions, etc. Now, from now on, are you going to make us call you Reverend Richards? I wouldn't mind that. I didn't think so. About time I got a little respect around here. <laughs> <laughs> or I can just call you Mr. Darlin. Yeah, just, call me, just don't call me what you usually call me. In front of the listeners, at least, anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's going to be uh, November 5th, three weeks from today, uh, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. And uh, this is going to be the setup again this year. We are doing 9 to 11 live on the radio. And then 11 to 1 will be on Facebook Live. So you'll be able to actually even see what's going on then. Uh, why are we Why are we doing that, Andy? Eleven to one uh, on Facebook Live. Well, that would be uh, because of the Happen Ob Radio program that'll be on from eleven until noon that day. Right, right. And then I believe there's some football to be broadcast to be on this station. Uh, oh no, you're you're back on from yeah, uh, yeah we're you're back, back on, on from at, noon to one. Yeah, we're back on yeah. at noon. And then there's football after you. Okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, we'll do a nine to eleven live. We'll do 11 till noon on Facebook Live, so you'll be able to actually see us. And then we'll be back on the air at 12 noon. And I'm thinking that we'll do the wedding, vow renewals, all that stuff in our 12 o'clock hour. Does that make sense? It makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I think so. Yep. So that should be fun. We've got, uh, we've got a lot of things that are like 99% confirmed. I don't want to mention anything just yet until it's 100% confirmed, but uh, I'm looking forward to uh, a fantastic show. It's not going to be the same as when I shot an apple off Shawnee's head with the bow and arrow. That was the best. That was classic. Oh, thank you. I was almost, my life was in peril. (laughs) What made it so great. (laughs) That's what made it so great. Not really a show until someone's life is in danger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um and uh, wasn't as the, as great as when we ate uh, oh. bugs. That was good. My stomach was upset for a week. It was not. It was too. It was not. It was just like eating snack chips. Yeah, right. <laughs> Grasshoppers and spiders. Uh, so that's the that's delicacy in the darling household. <laughs> oh, Paul, that song always makes me cry. <laughs> All right, commence with the proceedings. <laughs> Pass the spiders. 
Um, yeah, so uh, I'm looking forward to it. We, I, I think it's going to be fun. Uh, now, if you would like to get married on the show, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people are, you know, they're thinking about it. You've you actually know. had you um, want to pull the trigger requests for it. Yeah, well, we've mostly we've had people who want to come and do vow renewals uh, so far, which is also you know very sweet. I can do both. I'm uh, I'm authorized to do both. Uh, but if you want to get married, uh, you want to pull the trigger on this. Uh, we're happy to. Well, it's completely legal. If I do yeah. it, I'm I am completely uh, ordained to do this. So, uh, just contact us if you want to do the vow renewal. Uh, just be there before twelve noon uh, on uh, November fifth, and we'll put you in the vow renewal uh, express line <laughs> in the queue. Yeah, fifteen <laughs> vows or less. <laughs> You remember the Andy Griffith episode where he married the uh, two um, young people that were family feuding? Their families were feuding. Yeah, the Hatfields and the McCoys. Was it the Hatfields and McCoys? Yeah. I thought it was some other yeah. different No, names, Wakefield. But... Wakefield, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Wakefield. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I can do that if your families are feuding. <laughs> if you live in, like, Barrington and, like, Zurich, and you've been, uh, uh, you know, feuding. Rival burbs. Uh, we can settle the feud. And uh, uh, marry you youngins off. (laughs) (laughs) So why are you shooting at him? Because he's a Wakefield. (laughs) Oh, Lord. That is just the best show ever. (laughs) Normally, I would make fun of Shawnee Uh. for (laughs) such a vast knowledge. But I'm telling you, that is the most hilarious show on television. (laughs) After 60 years. Oh, it's so funny. (laughs) Uh, we have the far-flung forecast. Is that correct? Yes, we do. Coming up in a few minutes, we have ooh special guest on the show today. Who, who, who? Former Miss America, uh, Broadway television and movie star Vanessa Williams. Ooh. Oh wow! Joining okay. us on the hubba 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 <laughs> on the show today. Ooh. All coming up. Stick around here. Better late than never. Far-flung forecast, our weekly compendium of fascinating facts and figures, all compiled and brought to you with elegance each week by the... <laughs> what? Wow. <laughs> elegance. By the one, well, one and only... I was off last week, so, you know, I'm, I'm kind of revved up for today. You're off every week. Oh, that's true. Uh, here's Dave Schwann. <laughs> good morning. Thank you, Uncle Dean. And good morning, everyone. Get out your compasses and protractors and GPS newfangled devices because we're going way out west to Corvallis, Oregon. Corvallis, today. Oregon. Corvallis, Oregon. Ooh, is how do you spell that? C-O-R-V-A-L-L-I-S. Ooh. Corvallis, Oregon. Oregon State. In Oregon State, uh, yes. University at University. Yeah. Oh, is that where that's it is? Where it is yeah. Okay. You didn't mean that it's in the state of Oregon. Yeah, I knew yeah, that. Yeah, well, that's that. what I was yeah. implying, that yeah. it was in the state of Oregon. Yeah, that's okay. In the western section of Oregon. You never have too much clarity. <laughs> a population of about 50,000 people. It goes back to October of 1845. Oh, my favorite year. But I also bring up Corvallis, and thank you for the uh, extra bit of information uh, there, Andy. Oregon State University, because the students there had a real treat yesterday, as Uh-oh. did all of Corvallis, oh, because it crazy was crazy college students. It was one of the very first cities in the U.S. to witness what took place yesterday, and that was the annular eclipse that moved through, that went southeast from Oregon into Nevada and Utah. Arizona, New Mexico, and then into Texas before moving on to uh, Mexico and Central and South America. Now, was Uranus visible? Was what visible? <laughs> the, planet, the planet Uranus. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Andy. I don't know. Andy, Andy, Andy cannot talk right now. <laughs> Andy, Andy cannot talk right now. This is one of the few times Andy's okay, ashamed to be on wrap, this. No, no, <laughs> I'm no. wrap this up. <laughs> no, no, no. Corvallis, Oregon, along with Eugene, Oregon, yep. 54 degrees cloudy skies there today. Why did you bring it up, though? Because it was one of the first cities oh, the, in the country uh, oh, the, to see uh, the, the annular eclipse. Yeah, eclipse. And by the way, the a, a right. total solar eclipse will happen next total April. eclipse of the sun. <laughs> What'd you say? He said sun. I know. Yeah. 
That is because it was the proper terminology. Hey, how about playing Never Hit Your Grandma with a Great Big Stick? <laughs> Dean Richards, Sunday morning, WGN. With my favorite Swifty, Dr. Kevin Mose, Chief Medical Officer, Northwestern Central DuPage Hospital. If only I had a friendship bracelet to hand to you, Kevin. Oh, <laughs> uh, Dean, I take it, you know. Uh, don't pretend like a, you don't know what great, I'm talking about. <laughs> no, we've had a great friendship for many, many years, and it's always good to talk to you. Always, always, always. Hey, you know what? I got my uh, flu shot this week. Good for you. Yeah. Had uh, my annual physical this week, and uh, I'm not doing too bad overall. But I said, uh, hey, Doc, you know, while I'm here, how about my flu shot and my COVID uh, vaccine? Uh, whatever else you think I ought to get. And I was, I was surprised that this was at a the, you know, major hospital. Uh, they didn't have the COVID vaccine. I said, you mean to, I can go down the street to Walgreens and get it or CVS or any of these places, but not here at a major medical facility? And they said, uh, he yeah. said, I don't know what the deal is, but the drugstores have them. And uh, in many cases, the hospitals don't. I was really surprised. Yeah, a lot of health systems were kind of hesitant to jump in and buy them right now because we didn't know about the billing. We didn't know about a lot of things, storage. So I think, and also when you look, the uptake of the COVID booster has not been great. So I think that the health systems are still trying to gauge, mm. okay, we know how many flu shots we need. Yeah. We're not sure yet how many COVID boosters we're going to need. So let's kind of gauge that this summer. You mean how many people are going to come in to get them, you mean? Exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Well, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I, I want to get my uh, COVID vaccine. So now that I have feeling in my left arm again, this was, <laughs> was Tuesday. <laughs> that, that is so weird. How that completely knocks your arm out when you get, you get a flu shot. But as you've said, as as I've said, it's it's a little uncomfortable for a couple of days, and it's fine. Uh, I'm gonna go get my COVID uh, boost my my va- vaccine uh, now sometime this week as well. Uh, speaking of that, uh, there is talk of a combination COVID and flu shot that may be coming, right? Yeah. I was just going to say that, you know, next, well, next year, maybe, but certainly the following year, you won't have to get two different shots. You know, we've spoken how you can get both shots at the same time right now. So we know that the body can handle the immune response from getting two shots at the same time. What they're trying to figure out is, can these two vaccines play well in the bathwater? In other words, in a syringe, mm. are they going to interact with each other so that the efficiency and the efficacy of the vaccine diminishes? And what they've seen so far from Moderna is extremely promising. Mm. And Pfizer and Novavax will be, have the results out here shortly. Well, but that won't be as uh, soon as it will be, will be for next flu season, not for this year, right? Correct. And it's all going to come down to timing and how many people they can get on these trials. If they get enough people on the trials and prove that it works and then can ramp up manufacturing as early as February and March when we start to make those flu vaccines, then we would have it next fall. They're looking at it and they're being somewhat conservative, I think, saying, hey, we're going to get the data now, but we're just still going to have to change the manufacturing. So it may not be till the fall of 25. But I think you're going to see one or two of these companies push to not only get the data correct, but get the manufacturing process and the packaging right and approval from the FDA so that we can see this next fall for those individuals who just want to get the one poke. Yeah, that's a consideration for people, you know, when uh, if you're going to get one or two or, you know, if you need a singles vaccine, a pneumonia vaccine, the you know, whatever it is, you want to keep it down to a minimum uh, for the number of pokes. Uh, possible. How are we doing, by the way, with uh, COVID right now? Because it seems like, you know, people are, are, are going out sick at work and they've got COVID. Uh, you know, this latest strain uh, that's out right now, is it uh, holding steady? Is it going up? Is it going down? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. What we're seeing is we're seeing a lot more people in the community get it, but the reporting is low. So it's a lot of anecdotal. Like you said, when we have our, our safety huddle every morning, we talk about how many people are out right now and are they out with respiratory illness, whether it's COVID or influenza. And then because the testing now is done at home and the statistics aren't captured, 
we don't have a really good grasp on it. Now, we know that there's a lot of COVID going out in the community, but we really can't tell you the numbers. The strain hasn't changed, so that's good. But we certainly can't tell you the numbers of the impact because people are testing at home, are not going to get treatment sometimes, and we don't even count them. So we don't even know that except, like I said, through the anecdotal, oh, he didn't come into work for this week. Yeah. Um, we'll uh, keep everybody posted on uh, all of that, the status of the uh, shots. Uh, I saw a story this morning that was a little uh, disturbing to me, that the first measles case in the state of Illinois since 2019 has now been confirmed. Is that something that we should be concerned with, the general public, or do you think this uh, just could be an isolated case? Mm-hmm. Well, it's very interesting, and it is an isolated case. This individual was overseas and was unvaccinated. Now, we know that measles has not been eradicated throughout the world like polio has, or for the most part, polio has, but measles, there still are outbreakings of this. So really making sure that your child and making sure that you as an individual have your measles vaccine. You know, we all got the measles, mumps, rubella, that MMR vaccine, you might remember. And we feel that it's going to give you lifelong immunity. This individual had never been vaccinated, Mm. so never been vaccinated, went overseas, um, contracted measles, and came home. Mm. Our concern now is who has that individual interacted with and were any of those unvaccinated or under-vaccinated, because you really do not want to spread measles uh, around this country at all. Let me take a quick break, and we will uh, come back with your questions for Dr. Kevin Most. On the phone line, 312-981-7200. On the text line, 312-981-7200. And speaking of uh, Santa Claus, by the way, Santa confirmed is uh, going to be uh, with us out at our Tree Time broadcast in three weeks, November the 5th. Santa will be there. And uh, I uh, have just learned that we can now confirm Dr. Kevin Most will also be joining us out at uh, Tree Time. I'm looking forward to that. It'll be great. I haven't seen you in such a long time. Yeah, you know, last year, unfortunately, I was traveling when you guys uh, had it. And uh, this year, uh, just talked with Jack, and it works for my schedule. So I'll definitely be out there up in, up in Barrington or Barrington Hills, yeah, one of those. Lake two, right? Barrington. Lake Barrington, to, Lake be, Barrington. to be exact. Yes, we'll get you directions. So. <laughs> <laughs> so you know exactly where to go. Uh, Dr. Kevin Most, the Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital. And uh, we're taking your phone calls for uh, Dr. Most at 312-981-7200. Uh, the 407 area code says, do we expect a rise in COVID cases with the holidays coming up? I would guess the answer would be yes. Absolutely. You know, we expect it for a couple of reasons. One, not only the holidays where we all get together, but also the change in weather. I mean, even a beautiful day like today where it's going to be in the 50s, our houses are closed up. We're spending more time indoors. We're in closer contact with each other. And like I said, not as many people are getting that COVID vaccine to protect themselves and a lot of the illness. So we are certainly expecting a bump up in cases. We're keeping our fingers crossed that we're not going to see a bump up in hospitalization. So really, Trying to protect the immunocompromised and the seniors by getting vaccinated is really important right now. So we do expect a bump, and now it's going to be time will tell the impact of that bump. The 630 area code says, I'm a 65-year-old female who just had a pneumonia shot on September 23rd. I still have pain quite severe with certain movements at the site of the injection. My health care provider has sent me to physical therapy for the pain. Are there long-term effects common with this type of shot? I've heard of it. You know, I remember when I had my pneumonia vaccine, you know, it was painful like any vaccine. You're sore for a little bit, but uh, hers sounds exceptional, or he he or she, or her, 65-year-old female. Yeah, it does. I mean, uh, you know, there are times when the vaccine, depending on who placed it, may place it in the wrong part, may have got a tendon, may have gotten into what we call a bursa that protects the uh, the shoulder. And it really depends on how big your arm, your arm is, you know, how much muscle mass you have there. And we can, you can have difficulty. So good that the physician said, we're going to get you into physical therapy, because it's almost always due to inflammation, not due to a problem that you know, causes damage. So it's more of getting on an anti-inflammatory, getting the physical therapy to get back to it. 
Do not let this be a stop for you from getting future vaccines. This is a one-off. And really, it's important that you get those vaccines that you've been taking. Yeah, that's a mo- most of the questions on our text line this week are about vaccines of one kind or another. Here's uh, the 815 area code. My husband's been sick since a week ago. I got my COVID vax on Tuesday. Today, I woke up sick. Will the vaccine help me get through COVID quicker or easier? Ah, great question. When you think about the timing of vaccines... So certainly everyone should know, too, that you can go back on the federal website and get free tests at home. So they're distributing and mailing out free COVID tests again. So please take the opportunity to do that. Now, with this listener, Dean, unfortunately, the timing is not great. In other words, when you get a shot or your vaccine, it's not like an antibiotic where it goes to work right away. It takes about 7, 10, 14 days for the complete immune system to ramp up. So unfortunately, in her window, her vaccine is going to work, but her natural immunity now is going to have to kick in if she actually got COVID from her husband. Will the vaccine help? A little bit, but a couple-day lead time is not going to make the impact from her having a full-blown infection, which she probably was just starting when she was vaccinated five days ago. So I wanted to just quickly ask you also, you know, we're in uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month right now. Uh, How are we doing in the fight against breast cancer? We don't hear about it as much. I know there have been great strides over the years. Uh, It's still something uh, that women, especially some men, but but mostly women, should still be very concerned with, right? Oh, 100%. And really, you know, we're looking to see what was the impact of COVID. I hate to go back to COVID on this, but during this time frame of these couple years, how many women missed on it, missed out on a mammography and now are finding out a disease that has been advanced a little bit. Mm. We've lowered the age. So we're starting to do mammograms on individuals 40 and above. So we really are starting to do that. The technique and the technology, not only for the machines that we're doing are much more uh, sensitive, much more specific. We're getting a 3D instead of a two-dimensional picture of it right now. Um, And then also we're looking at the treatment options. You know, those that are found early on, we get those lumpectomies instead of the more aggressive surgeries that need to be done. And really it's it's advancing, but it still is the number two cause of cancer in women. So it's something that we really can't minimize. It's not going to go away. It's only going to continue. But certainly having everybody aware of it. And knowing that even if you don't have insurance, the state of Illinois has a why wait program where you can get your mammogram done even without insurance. So please, everyone, get those done. If you've skipped it through the times of COVID, it's safe to go back in these places and please get the mammogram done. Yeah, it breaks my heart when I hear somebody who is suffering from it in the first place, but especially when there are deaths related to it. Uh, just over the past week, uh, I, I knew someone who had uh, a breast cancer, treated it, but it, it got treated too late. I don't know if it was this COVID delay that you're talking about, but the treatment came late. It had metastasized, that had spread, and ultimately caused her death. It breaks my heart because uh, if you catch it early enough uh, these days, uh, it, it it is uh, most definitely survivable. Um, check hey, Dean, Dean one, one other quick thing about COVID and flu shots and mammograms. You want to make sure the timing of those is done appropriately. You're like, what do you mean? How can this interact with each other? Well, what happens when we get a vaccine, whether it be a flu vaccine or a COVID vaccine in the arm, it can cause our lymph nodes to swell. And that's where the immune system is happening. That's where the T cells and B cells are starting to be formed to fight off this illness. Well, unfortunately, that's one of the same things we look for in mammograms as we look for inflamed lymph nodes. So I always tell people, Either get your mammogram first if you're up for it, and then your flu shot, or if you're going to get your flu shot and COVID shot, you want to wait a little while, probably close to two to three weeks, to make sure that those lymph nodes go back to their normal size so it's not looked at as a point of concern regarding a potential cancer. Yeah. Dr. Kevin Most, Chief Medical Officer, Central DuPage Hospital, will be with us live at Tree Time when we do our show there uh, Sunday, November the 5th. Have a great Sunday, Kev. Thank you. You got it, Dean. We'll talk soon. Hello, testing, testing, one, two, three, testing. You all right in there? Nod your head if you can hear me. 
Could you hear that? I just mostly wanted to get you both to nod your heads. <laughs> Simon says. So during the newscast, normally I would be hanging on your every word, Shawnee. <laughs> yeah, you had to make the trip down the hall. Virtually memorizing your entire newscast. <laughs> But uh, since something went wrong in the other studio... Apparently something went very wrong. Very wrong. I didn't do it, by the way. I'm, I'm already backing away from any blame on this. I didn't touch anything. Notice how fast he said that, Andy? Well, I always <laughs> just, get blamed. just interjected it, Derek. You know what it was? That one time years ago when we used to be over... Uh, <laughs> at, this, at that other place. In that dump Tribune Tower, that old... <laughs> Uh, one time, I'm sitting in the showcase studio window, you know, the studio that was right on Michigan Avenue. Where you made faces at everybody. Or I made faces. I would make funny faces at the kids because the, the kids love their Uncle Dean. Uh, one time, one time, I spill a big cup of coffee into the equipment. Oh. Oh, that's a no-no. And I literally heard in my earphones. Yep. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I heard like the... Like a like a you know elect, electrical short sound, <laughs> and it it blew up the equipment from a cup of coffee. Yes, it would. Might have even been decaf. I don't understand how <laughs> that, it could have that, happened. That's not going to matter. The board is not going to know the. It might have been Sanka. Uh, <laughs> instant decaf. No brim. I, Fill it to the rim with brim. <laughs> oh, I filled it to the rim. All right. <laughs> So you blow up the equipment one time, and suddenly they blame you every time something happens. I was, I'm, I'm innocently talking to my friend, Dr. Kevin Most, and suddenly the equipment doesn't work. So uh, poor Bob Ferguson, engineer, uh, extraordinary. The brilliant Bob Ferguson. The brilliant Bob Ferguson uh, runs in to try to help fix things. <laughs> And he said, you should really move to this different studio because this one's this <laughs> not one going to work. Yeah. Uh, and it may not have been exactly in that language. <laughs> <laughs> you can't even get G-rated for a Sunday morning audience. No, it may yeah. not have been as exact exactly. As, but I had to get all my junk. And now I'm down in a different studio right now. But it's not your fault. It's not my fault. <laughs> okay. I don't have any of my spontaneous ad libs with me. <laughs> doing here? I'm so turned around. I'm such a creature of like I have to have things. Yeah, you know, in a certain place. Otherwise, I'm completely thrown off. Uh, and now I'm com- <laughs> now I'm completely thrown off. I've actually used your makeshift desk uh, during the Happen OB show. It's as very well. handy. In yes, there, it is, isn't it? Yeah, I believe it, it's where my computer rests. Yeah, we don't have enough uh, uh, counter space uh, in there. In this studio, so so I, I jerry rigged something to put some extra notes and things on. It's great, and anyone who sees it goes, "Oh, that's a good idea." Yeah, I used it last week. Yeah, you're more than welcome. To I appreciate it you. Not in that studio because that studio is pretty much <laughs> blown up right now. But um, yeah, you know, this very same thing happened to Tom Skilling just the other day that I think may have prompted his retirement. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> the clicker went bad? The clicker, the clicker went bad. Exactly. Yeah. Not exactly the language that he would have put in. No, in probably not. If that happened. But anywho. What, we're, Tom? No. I don't even know what studio this is. Is this studio? What? That, I believe, is called Studio D. This is Studio D? For Dean. Oh. Well, yeah. Well, I should have been in here in the first Dean. place. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think I think I might like it better in here. But we've worked in co- there. It's before. a little more cozy in there, isn't it? Tell you what, every half hour on the show today, let's switch studios. <laughs> well, you've only got less than forty-five minutes now. <laughs> well, so. we, we can switch two, three times. <laughs> oh, in that okay. You want Bob to use that colorful language again, don't you? <laughs> it's kind of fun. <laughs> if we had had the uh, that music, that's what we needed. Watching me running down the hallway with. Like cords are dangling, and I've got all my notes and everything, and I'm running down the hall, and poor producer Jack is like chasing after me. <laughs> am I, where am I supposed to be? What am chasing I chasing after you and 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 texting on his phone at the same time? I saw him. <sighs> Bob was the one that was really running. Poor Bob. Oh, I don't even want to talk to Bob till next week. Yeah, we won't be able to talk about the SM, the Shure SM62 microphone anymore. Not, not, not in that studio. No, you won't. No, no. 
<laughs> Let the record show I didn't even have. I don't even bring coffee in the Let studio. the record show it is not his fault. Uh, it's not number one. That's the main thing. It's not my fault. But <laughs> number two, I don't even bring coffee in the studio anymore since that fateful day. <laughs> the fateful day. That I blew up the equipment with my Sanka. <laughs> my nice warm Sanka. No, it was brim. Fill it to the brim with <laughs> Fill it to the, the rim, rim. With, the rim, rim. with brim. Yeah. Sanka. And then you had a tab after you were done. <laughs> Do I have the text line in here? I don't even I don't even know if I can see the text line in here. How am I supposed to keep track of hate mail if I can't see the text line? <laughs> well, we can take care of that. Well, you two will have to be extra hateful to make up for it. <laughs> Jack's coming in to see if we can put up the text line in here. I don't really need the text line. That's all right. Uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, I know. We're going to talk with a terrorism expert, Tom Mikaitis from DePaul, coming up in a few minutes. Just a little follow-up on the horrible, horrible tragedy in Israel a week ago <clears throat> and what's happened since then. Also uh, coming up on the program, uh, former Miss America, uh, recording star, television star, movie star, Vanessa Williams uh, is in Chicago. She is producing, not performing in, but producing the new play about the life of uh, jazz and blues great Louis Armstrong. It's over at the Cadillac Palace Theater right now before it goes to Broadway. Uh, We'll share that conversation with you coming up in a little while. And when is the big tree time show? November 5, November three five. weeks from today. Three weeks from today. Even Andy knows. And I he, do know. He somehow found a way to get out of doing it. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not the truth. You know that. I know that you wish you could I be there. I wish I could be there. But uh, he'll be here uh, with Hamp and OB that morning. Uh, and that's, uh, I mean, in a way, Andy is going to mm-hmm. be with us because yeah. we'll be live at tree time. In Lake Barrington, as we have, Shawnee, how many years have we been doing that, do you think? I'm going to say this might be our 10th year, yeah. 10 years that we've been doing it. It's an annual thing. It's huge. It gets bigger and bigger every year. It's always... We had a full house before we started last year. Before we even started last year. That was a first before it. It The show even started, standing room only. Uh, And, uh, you know, we've got lots of fun, lots of entertainment, lots of surprises, free food. Uh, by the way, if I could find my notes for this, oh, here they are. I know where the notes would be in the other studio. I can't find them in here. <laughs> here they are. Uh, we're going to have uh, lunch, courtesy of Lou Malnati's. Uh, plenty of fun in store for you to get you in the holiday spirit in the Tree Time Christmas Showroom. As uh, you may have heard in our last half hour, Dr. Kevin Most is now confirmed to join us uh, we are very very close to confirming some live entertainment for you that morning we're going to do some uh, on-air weddings and uh, vow renewals now that i'm uh, officially allowed to uh, you know legally i can marry people uh i'm ordained i guess you might say uh, we're going to be we have that and we'll have sort of a fun uh, wedding theme uh so uh, it should be a lot of fun it's going to start at nine o'clock Three weeks from today, out of Tree Time in uh, on Pepper Road in Lake Barrington, and now here's the deal. Here's here's uh, the Andy connection. Uh, Andy's going to be back here at the studio with uh, Hamp and Ob. They will be on the radio live from eleven until noon, and during that one hour, we go to Facebook Live. Uh, that's you know that's where the the Sunday. It's like. I like to call it the Sunday morning show after dark. (laughs) Unplugged. (laughs) You know, it's like, remember the show Playboy after dark? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's us. Uh, I'll I'll be in, uh, you know, like a lounging robe (laughs) with an ascot the way Hef used to. (laughs) With a pipe. With a pipe, right? And And uh, your slippers. And (laughs) my slippers. (laughs) And I have no doubt that Elton Jim Toronto will be in a Playboy bunny suit. With his festive pin. With his festive pin, I'm sure. Uh, well, so we'll, we'll all be on Facebook Live, and so you'll actually be able to see. So if you can't come out... Tree to- time after <laughs> I think that's great. Hi, good morning. Maybe you'd like to see our, our uh, evergreen selection. We're going to dress up a tree now. It's soft and fragrant. <laughs> Look at the glow. 
have you seen the blue spruce? <laughs> Take a look at the blue spruce up close. Uh, the uh, So if you can't make it out uh, to Lake Barrington, uh, between 11 and 12, you can watch the broadcast on uh, Facebook Live. And then we'll be back on the air again at 12 noon. Once Andy uh, wrap it up. Uh, wraps it up with uh, Hamp and OB, then we'll come back on. And I think in the 12 o'clock hour, that's when we're going to be doing the uh, the wedding, the uh, vow renewals. It's going to be all things nuptial. But that's going to be the big theme of the show this year. Now, I have another Andy connection. Hmm. Since we were talking about Andy Griffith being the Justice of the Peace last hour and yes. everything else, yes. you know, and and the Darlings, why there was uh, this section, and th- you may take you want to take a lesson from this, uh, Dean. I married Mister Darling's daughter to Dud Wash. Say you got trouble? It's a sight. Well, what in the world's the matter? Well, there's this fellow up home, Ernest T. Bass. <laughs> he just don't take to Dud and Charlene being married. Well, it's all legal and everything. I give you a copy of the marriage certificate and kept a copy here for my files. I know that. But that don't signify with Ernest T. Bass. So just be aware that uh, you may have some problems. I went to to the Dunkin' Donuts uh, out in Lake Barrington, you know, before I came to the broadcast. Ernest T. Bass was there (laughs) uh, having a hot chocolate uh, and polishing up the rocks that he likes to throw through the window. And just saying, how to do to you and you, every time somebody came in, right? <laughs> oh, Lord. That show. Oh. I'm not <laughs> I'm not a living in the past kind of guy, but I got to tell you, that Andy Griffith show is just so blank and funny. <laughs> See, I remember it was on at dinner time as a oh. kid. It was on at 6 o'clock, and it was followed by the Dick Van Dyke show yeah. on Good Old Number yes, 9. Yes, that's Channel right. Nine. Channel yeah. 9, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters on that show are the richest, most wonderfully written characters uh, that there could possibly be. I mean, Andy and Andy and Barney are hilarious and one of the great television pairings of all time. You throw in a little bit of Aunt B, Clara, the nosy neighbor, Floyd, the barber, uh, and then like the characters like Ernest T. Bass and the Darlin' family and... Uh, the the wild girls, you, am I the saying? fun girls, the fun girls, the fun girls. Hi, doll. Hello, doll. <laughs> and the one that just kept calling Bernie. <laughs> I don't know if it makes any sense to any of the rest of you hearing us talk about it, but Schwani and I are having the time of our lives today. Is all I can. <laughs> Next week on WGN TV Morning News. I am taking you behind the scenes of the new Ringling Brothers, Barnum and Bailey. Uh, as you know, the greatest show on earth, as uh, it has been called for decades, shut down a few years ago uh, because of uh, complaints and sensitivity for treatment of animals in the show. They had, since the beginning, featured elephants and tigers and horses and uh all kinds of uh, four-legged creatures. It was a staple of uh, the greatest show on earth, of Ringling Brothers. And uh, they decided uh, to just close it down uh, because uh, so many people were complaining about the treatment of animals. Uh, They decided that they uh, were going to shut it down. Well, really what they were doing over those several years that they have been gone is doing a facelift on this uh, century-old form of entertainment. And uh, Ringling Brothers is about to return to the Chicago area. They'll be out at the Allstate Arena at the beginning of November. And uh, the, with, a, with a whole new look, a whole new feel, a whole new presentation. A few weeks ago, I went to uh, Florida, where they are uh, home-based, and I got a very first look at what the new circus is going to be like and what it will include uh, and whether or not I think it's successful is what I'm going to be uh, talking about this week on WGN TV Morning News. I'll give you a behind-the-scenes look. I talk with the owner of it all to explain uh, what it is now that they are trying to do so you can make a decision on whether or not uh, you want to you know, continue to go see the circus, as you uh, may have. It's not going to be with animals anymore. 
and uh, even the clowns in the show, which are you know have been so much a part of uh, Ringling Brothers, any circus really, uh, and even that's been modified. You know, so many people now are absolutely terrified of the image of the traditional clown, thanks to the Stephen King, uh, you know, novel It and the movies. Uh, which, you know, depict uh, murderous clowns, uh, that has so much ingrained itself now into the public consciousness. I guess they felt like they had to make some uh, changes there because even that has changed. So I'll explain it all to you, you know, what what has changed, what you can expect all this coming week on uh, the WGN uh, TV Morning News. Also uh, coming up in just a few minutes right here on the radio Going to get to the uh, interview that we did a couple of days ago with uh, actress, uh, singer, performer, extraordinaire, Vanessa Williams. Uh, She is now the producer of the new show, Wonderful World, that has just opened at the Cadillac Palace Theater down in the Theater District downtown. uh, That is a musical about the, the life and career of the legendary Louis Armstrong. Uh, James Monroe Iglehart, who played the genie on Broadway and actually won a Tony Award playing the genie in Aladdin on Broadway, uh, plays Louis Armstrong in this production. We talked with both of them, and we will uh, share that with you uh, coming up in just a few minutes. But I wanted to uh, focus, though, first on something extremely uh, serious. We would be remiss uh, if we did not talk about uh, the events of uh, that began last Saturday when uh, Israel was uh, attacked by Hamas and uh, that left uh, about 1,200, 1,300 people. I haven't heard the final uh, totals or the latest totals uh, from the terror attacks. 1,300 uh, Israelis dead, uh, many more uh, captured Uh, You've heard and seen uh, the horrific uh, footage uh, of innocent people, uh, you know, being being killed with this. And now uh, with a counteroffensive from the IDF who says that they are commencing significant military operations on the Gaza Strip, the Palestinian Ministry of Health in Gaza says that the death toll there now is 2,400 people, 9,200 injured. Uh, You know, take whatever side you want with this, put whatever spin you want on this. Uh, The bottom line is that on both sides of this, innocent people, uh, women, children, elderly, are are being uh, killed on both sides of this, and it's horrific, Uh, yet it continues. So, um, you know, where are we with all of this? Uh, where are we at, at this moment with this? Uh, that's what I wanted to talk uh, to uh, with Dr. with uh, Tom Akaitis, a terrorism expert from uh, DePaul University, who is uh, on the line with us. He is not on the line with us. I think he's uh, about Alrighty. to join us. Uh, Tom, thank you very much for joining us. We appreciate it. How are you? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing. Is this Tom Akaitis? Yep. Tom, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. So what is your take as of this moment as uh, the uh, uh, military operations in Gaza are continuing? Uh, Palestinians have been warned to evacuate uh, if they want to avoid all that, but, but they seem to be you know, they, they obviously can't move into Israel. Egypt has closed its borders. Uh, you know, they, they seem to yeah. be, uh, you know, to, uh, stuck. Well, what's your take on exactly what's going on right now? Well, the war is entering in this phase, and you're absolutely right. They're between the rock and the hard place. They can move into southern Gaza, but there's no infrastructure. There's a shortage of water. And, you know, their lives are at risk, no question. Israel is preparing, from all, by all appearances, for a ground invasion, and that will be the next phase of the war. Um, and what's going on in the north is a little less clear. It has more to do with Hezbollah, but I think it's you know more of a symbolic than a massive kind of gesture. But the Israelis are obviously concerned. 
The real question is going to be, once they get into Gaza, which they will capture, they've got overwhelming force, but then what? You, you break it, you own it, and they're going to have to govern it somehow. And there's just nowhere to push the Palestinians. So what do you do? I mean, it's a very, any which way you look at it, it's a fairly depressing situation. Well, is there a possibility of this being successful in uh, destroying Hamas, as uh, Israel say they want to oh, do? Because I think, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it's, they're going to. There's no question they'll destroy Hamas. They've got the overwhelming advantage. But it's going to come at a cost because when you move into an urban area, we saw this in Fallujah uh, and various other cities in Iraq, the urban environment has a way of neutralizing many of the advantages of a high-tech maneuver army. Tanks aren't terribly effective. Um, and so you're talking about house-to-house street fighting um, in which, you know, these, the Hamas has had a lot of time to prepare. They know the train extremely well. They will lose. They will die. But they will, they will, they will inflict a price on the Israelis. And it, it's, it's going to be an ugly situation any way you look at it. And then, as I said, once you're there, then what do you do? Um, if you don't try to rebuild a place, offer the people of Gaza, and 90% of them have nothing to do with the attack on Israel last week, um, we're going to be right back here having this conversation in 5, 10, 20 years. Somebody else will be having it, not you and I. Um, but, it, you know, it's just it, it, it's, it's, it's a spiral of, of never-ending violence unless there's some final peace solution. Yeah, I was, uh, that's exactly what I was going to ask you about. Uh, you know, is there an end game to any of this, the violence uh, against Israel? Is there yeah. any point? Is there uh, an end game? the violence against uh, yeah. ha- Hamas and what, re- what really is amounting to uh, violence against uh, Palestinian people. I, I, I get the sense from watching a lot of news coverage on this uh, this week that a lot of people are yeah. confused between the difference between uh, Hamas, a terrorist, uh, horrible terrorist group, and Palestinian people who are just, you know trying to live peaceful lives as as our Israeli people trying to live uh, peaceful yep. lives. Yeah. Well, there's a saying in the Middle East, if you aren't confused, you really don't understand. Um, <laughs> the reality is Hamas is, got a, you know, it's got a terrorist wing to it. It's also governing, um, but on the other hand, nothing justifies what it did, so it's going to be dismantled. Um, but the situation is that um, there, there, needs, there needs to be a solution. Um, there's no blaming Israel, there's no blaming anyone else, but there's also no question that the level of desperation among Palestinians has risen dramatically since the Netanyahu government took power in December of, uh, of last year, um, where they just have slammed the door shut on a two-state solution and are aggressively expanding the settlements. So there is almost a what do you have to lose. Now, in, in, the, in the, the warped logic of an extremist organization, Hamas accomplished one thing it wished to do, and that is it brought put this back on the front page and drew the attention of the world to it in a way that horrifically isn't going to be helpful. But, you know, right now Israel has the moral high ground. But depending on the body count and the level of destruction, how things go in the next week or two or longer, that could change. So, you know, it it really is in everybody's best interest to find a way to come up with some resolution of this. Um, and that's just not going to be easy. Let me just ask you quickly also, why isn't uh, sure. Egypt opening its borders uh, to their fellow uh, Arabs, Muslims? Why, why, why have they shut the door and said, not in our backyard? Because they probably have taken a good look at Lebanon and wisely said, we've seen what a massive influx of refugees into a desperately poor country does, and we don't want any part of it. Um, The same thing happened to Jordan. Jordan had to forcibly expel the Palestinians in the 1970s. I mean, it's just, you need a regional solution, an international solution, um, to find some place for these people. And this, you know, this simplistic American, well, they all speak Arabic, go live in another Arab country, just doesn't work. Yeah. This is their home as much as it is the Israelis. And somehow it's in everybody's interest to find a way to peacefully coexist. Um, 
I, I you know, I, I often hate my own conclusions. Um, and what I have to tell you, I don't know how that's going to happen. It's not going to happen until Hamas is gone. It's probably not going to happen until there's a change of government in Israel, which may very well happen because there's going to be a terrible reckoning after this is all over where they start saying, why did you let this happen? Yeah. How could you have been so thoroughly caught by surprise? So heartbreaking and so exasperating. We'll keep uh, yeah. an eye. We'll keep yep. an eye on what's going on. Listen for your commentary both here and on WGN uh, TV. Tom Mikaitis, terrorism expert uh, from DePaul. Appreciate you joining us, Tom. Thank you so much. A wonderful world is the name of the pre-Broadway musical, which is currently here in Chicago at the Cadillac Palace Theater. Uh, it features James Monroe Iglehart as. Uh, Louis Armstrong. He played Genie. In fact, won a Tony Award for playing Genie in Aladdin on Broadway. Uh, the show is produced by former Miss America singing star, TV movie star Vanessa Williams. Uh, they joined me the other day, and Larry Potash, and uh, I think Lourdes uh, Duarte was with us that morning. That they joined us on the TV morning show. And we uh, had a nice chat. Before we talk about this, I just got to tell you, I saw you in POTUS. Oh, sure. On Broadway. Last year, And yeah. you were so great. Oh, that was I mean, a that whole crazy show. show was, huh? yeah, <laughs> it's a crazy farce. Yes. Which uh, the Steppenwolf, by the way, is about to open here oh, in Chicago. But yeah, I played I just, the first lady, yes. Yeah, I just wanted to tell you how, how much I enjoyed you. Thank you. Uh, and that, what's that like for you now to... It's great to be Bragg. It's 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 great that Broadway's back and and booming. And uh, I'm on the other side of the the table now as a producer. And we've got this amazing James Iglehart, who's incredible, playing Louis Armstrong in a wonderful world. We're at the the Cadillac Palace, and it's our out of town. Yes, it is. Yeah, we just came from uh, New Orleans last week. We had yeah. a great time. Yes, we did. And uh, it's. It's incredible. I mean, you want to talk about his... It's, uh... it's, a, it's a wonderful story. It's a wonderful send-up to the legendary Louis Armstrong. I mean, I always like to start by saying there were trumpet players before Louis, and then Louis came along, and there were trumpet players after Louis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without Louis, we wouldn't have what we have, and it's the way he changed music, the way he changed how America saw African Americans. And just his amazing journey, is it spans four, you know, it spans four decades, and the man is incredible. He was one of the old... He, he was 60 years old when he won his first uh, Grammy Award for Hello, Dolly. I mean, the way he's, through music, you can't have American history or music history without Louis Armstrong, and our story goes through that. And, and Chicago is yes. such a big part of it. So yeah. a part. That's a big so part of our show. Yeah. Louis Armstrong, yeah. yeah. I wonder, though, James, like, how do you balance making the performance your own, but also staying true? I mean, you have to bring take on some of Louis Armstrong's characteristics. Definitely. But you don't, I imagine as an actor, you don't want to do a straight up impersonation either. No, that's the, that's the hard thing. You don't want, no disrespect to Vegas. I love Vegas. I love the Vegas performance, but you don't want to do, um, like a, a Vegas impression of him. So what I try to do is be as uh, Armstrong esque as I possibly can by doing as much studying as I could. I read, I read both of his autobiographies. I've seen as many interviews. And so I try to give as much as that while giving my energy to it so that you can be done for the amount of time you're in the theater. Voice though you do turn into. That's true. Into- I, I do. I do do his voice. I, that that that's something that you cannot. You you have to do. So, so what jumped out at you in that research that you said, oh, I've got to use this. Um, I think it was the fact that um, without sounding crazy, I didn't realize how hood <laughs> Louis actually wow. was. I think there's that moment in, in Hollywood at that time where yeah. African-American uh, performers, you had to be one way on screen and then one way off screen. And so it was kind of fun to watch this transition that Louis would do. And he wasn't playing a character whenever he was um, in films. He was being himself, but he was being a version of himself that he knew was what needed to be done so that African-Americans could be seen as such a very positive light. Very cool. Vanessa, I want to turn to you because I, I got to imagine as a producer, mm-hmm. obviously you've got a lot of say in mm-hmm. what story is mm-hmm. told. Was it difficult to sort of sell this idea of doing a musical about Louis Armstrong? Well, I came in, uh, there, were, there was already a production that happened mm-hmm. in Miami. Mm-hmm. So I came in when we knew we were going to bring it to Broadway. So uh, we did a reading. We've worked a lot on the on the script. Uh, we worked a lot of the music. So mm-hmm. we, there's been some transformation from its beginning. From its original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's wonderful being a part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. And also musically, since I'm a musician, I can hear sitting in the audience, I can say, okay, this is too loud. This needs to go. Too much underscoring here. You know, so, so I can... that involved. Exactly. 
exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the name as producer, but I'm part of the creative process, which and, is fantastic. As a yeah. performer, though, mm-hmm. don't you want to at times just jump, jump up there? Yeah. Get, get up there. <laughs> Let me show you how to do this. We have four women, uh, <laughs> and we kind of break down Lewis's um, uh, his life into four parts. First is New Orleans, one one wife. He's married four times. Yeah. So we've got the first wife who was a prostitute, the second wife who was a musician and taught him how to read music in Chicago. Mm-hmm. Then he moves out to Hollywood and he's got a young wife, Alpha, and then he goes to Queens uh, for his final part of his life and Lucille is his wife. So there are four dynamic women who have they sing their behinds off True. besides yes. James over here. So you definitely get uh, your your money's worth when you're hearing the amazing women sing. And also this tap dancing. The costumes are amazing. You get a show. Yeah. There is Vanessa Williams and James Monroe Egelhardt uh, from the show Wonderful World, the Louis Armstrong story at the Cadillac Palace Theater until the end of the month. You can hear the whole interview on our website.